Psalms 84 and 10. Psalms 84, verse 10. It says, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. You see, Pastor, you're getting emotional already. You want to know why? Because I've been dwelling this morning, since early this morning, on how thankful I am to know God. There's a lot of people that woke up this morning who have never, ever experienced what I have experienced. And I'm so thankful to know Him. I'm thankful today. Mom, thank you. Thank you for raising me in truth. After last week's message about the table, I'll tell you, it just got me thinking. I'm, I'm so thankful that I was raised around a, a table that, that was consuming the things of God, was consuming the things of his kingdom, was consuming ministry, was consuming loving people and loving God. I'm so thankful for that. And I, that's my heart's desire as your pastor that this church will just take that on, that we want to consume nothing more than the things of God and that we'll be thankful when we wake up every morning and realize what this says, that a day, just a single day in thy courts is better than a thousand days anywhere else you can put me, anywhere else you can take me, but one day in his presence, there's nothing better than that. You cannot top that. You, there's nothing in this world that they're going to offer you that's going to take place of you being able to walk in this place on a Sunday morning. Why do you think it's so important to come in here on a Sunday morning and be with your brothers and sisters and worship God? Not because they're here. We're thankful that everybody's here, but because you get the opportunity to step into the house of God and be in his presence. There's no place like this place. There's no day like this day. Amen. Let's lift our hands. I want us to ask the Lord in this place right now. God, that you would speak to us this morning. God, let your word go forth. God, I pray. God, I pray, God, that you would right now, God, minister to us, Lord. God, let us leave this place, God, with the heart of thanksgiving, Lord. God, a heart of thanksgiving, God, recognizing everything that you do for us, God. Let us leave this place, God, saying that my praise is dedicated unto you. My thanksgiving is dedicated unto you, God, because no one else deserves it, God, except for you. Because everything I have comes from you, God. Everything I am is because of you, Lord. God, everything I'll ever see or ever be or ever go, God, is because of you, God. And I'm thankful for it today in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you look at your neighbor before you sit down and say, I'm thankful for you. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for water right now. Thankful for Brother Colton. That's his ministry. He takes care of our water every Sunday to make sure it's up here forever speaking and do a great job. Thank you, young man. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. 
You see, one day in the house of God is better than spending it anywhere else on this earth. You could be a lot of places this morning. On this chilly morning, it's getting cold. You could have stayed in your bed all wrapped up, warm, but you would have missed out. It wouldn't have been better than what you're experiencing in this place. You see, the Bible doesn't say a year. It doesn't say a month. It doesn't say a week. But it says just one day. One single day is better than a thousand days anywhere else that we could go. It's trying to tell us that the very least portion of God is greater than any portion of anything you could ever find in this earth. There's a lot of possessions that you have. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of what we would say you kids have a lot of toys, but we adults have toys too. We have things that we like. But if you remove those things from your life and you still have God, I promise you, you still have everything you'll ever need and ever want. The Bible, it's trying to tell us here that the very smallest, least portion of God is all we're ever going to need. That can I just serve maybe just a notice this morning or maybe uh, I want to notify everyone in this room and I want to notify the devil this morning uh, that I, I want you to hear this, that your worst day in the church is better than your best day in the world. And just because you serve God doesn't mean everything is rosy and everything is perfect. And every day you wake up, it's just perfect. Everything goes great. Everything goes off without a hitch. No, you have bad days. I have bad days. I have days where I think, my Lord, I wish this day would hurry up and just end. Let the sun set. It's a little earlier now. Let's go ahead and move on. Is it bedtime yet? You ever had those days? Is it bedtime yet? But, but the reality is... That, that it, I, see, I was raised in this. I, I, I was raised in church. I was raised in truth. This is all I've ever known. But it doesn't mean I've ever made, made a mistake and I haven't messed up and I haven't walked away for a moment that there are things I've done. But I'll tell you right now, anything I've ever experienced outside of this has never, ever compared to what I've experienced inside of this. And I'm thankful this morning that I know who he is. I'm thankful that I get to live a life and wake up every morning in the presence of God. I get to wake up knowing who he is. I don't wake up confused. I understand there's only one true living God and his name is Jesus. I wake up every morning, know his mercy and his goodness will follow me all the days of my life. I am thankful this morning. Every day you have is a day of thanksgiving. It is a thanksgiving day. Forgot to give you my title. There you go. It's a thanksgiving day. Every day is a thanksgiving day. You see, because you've been saved, we've been sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. We are a changed individual. You are a changed individual. You're not who you used to be. Thank God. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God. I'm not who I used to be. You see, David was, was the one who penned those words. And I, I, I talk about David a lot, but I just, I just love David. 
David's story to me is a story of anointing. It's a story of, uh, of seeking after God. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of sin and failure. But it's a story of God said, I can take that and still use you. It's a story that should encourage you and me that we're not perfect. We don't have it all together, but God can still use us. I'm thankful for that. You see, David was the one who penned those words. He wrote it for the sons of Korah. I want you to think about this. You, you have to ask, David, you're a king. David, you're the king of Israel. Why would you want to be a doorkeeper? It doesn't even make sense. David, why would you want to be a doorkeeper? You're, you're, you're the king of Israel. If, if we could resurrect David this morning and we could bring him and stand him up here, I think that he would say this. Uh, I, I think a doorkeeper at the door has more influence than a king. You see, a doorkeeper at a door, well, it leads people to God's presence. And a doorkeeper at a door that leads to God's presence has more influence than a king of a vast domain. So if you're a doorkeeper and you know where God's presence is and you can lead someone to God's presence, you have more influence over someone's life than a king has over someone's life. Let that sink in for a second. How much influence you actually have when you wake up tomorrow morning and you step out into the world you live in if you're a doorkeeper in the house of God? If you're constantly at the entrance of where he is, if you're constantly thinking that I, I could lead somebody into his presence today. I'll tell you, it, it, was, it was so powerful to hear Brother Razor speak yesterday and when he poured into our team and, and he was telling us over lunch, he said, yeah, he said I, I basically I wake up every morning and he said when I was, when I was working full time, he said I would go to work and, and there were so many things I would go through. He said, but I, I had to change my perspective and realize that, that I can either go to work and get by and put up with all the craziness or I can go in, find somebody teach them a Bible study and baptize them in Jesus name he said and that's what I would do why because he said I'm a doorkeeper I'm a doorkeeper the presence of God you see David said I would rather sit at the fringes I would rather sit on the sidelines you see a doorkeeper opens the door and allows other people to go in and out of where he is he, he just gets a glimpse of what's going on inside but just one glimpse hear me this morning just one glimpse of our God is better than ages of serving the pleasures of the world and God has not called us hear me now God has not called us to be Bouncers at the door. <laughs> Bouncers hand pick. I'm sorry, this is not my notes, but I just feel it right now. I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of notes this morning, so I don't know what's going to happen. But I feel it's in the Holy Ghost that we got to be careful as Christians that we don't take the role as a doorkeeper and make it into a bouncer at the house of God where we handpick who we think is, is up, to, up to it to come in and worship. 
Every one of you are saved by grace. Every one of us was born a sinner. Every one of us, every one of us was lost one day. But God said, I'll pull you out of the pit. I'm telling you, you need to be a doorkeeper that says, let me show you the way to an altar. Let me show you to the place of repentance. Let me show you to water baptism. Let me show you to grace and mercy. Not judgment, not finger pointing, but God, let me show them because I'm a doorkeeper in the house of God. I'm not just talking about just the physical doors. Now we are talking about, well, we do actually have some bouncers back there. If you get out of hand, Brother Sam going to get you. But we got to be careful with what we have. And we got to have that mindset when we wake up every morning that God... My goal today is to give somebody a glimpse into this right here. You're a doorkeeper. You see, if you got the Holy Ghost, the presence of God is with you at all times. It is in you. His spirit lives within you. But a lot of problems is when we step out into the world, we close it, shut it up nice and tight. Because either, either we don't want to show it or we said we don't want to be inconvenienced because we got places to go and people to see and we got things to do. But we ain't got time to stop and talk to somebody who's broken and hurting. But God is saying, you listen, if you're thankful for what I've given to you, you'll be a doorkeeper and you'll show people inside so they too can be thankful. So David, he, he wrote... He wrote this for the sons of Korah. I want to explain this a little bit. Korah was the one who led a rebellion. Korah was jealous because Moses was the leader of, the, of God's people. You see, Korah, what was, he, was, he was jealous of not just uh, Moses, but Aaron, which leading the priesthood, was, it, he was jealous of Moses and Aaron. So because of jealousy, Korah rebelled against them, with two of his friends. Jealousy is as Thank you. It's as cruel as a grave. And evil. Thank you, Liam. We got to be careful that we don't allow jealousy to creep in. When somebody else gets to serve in something, this is not my notes either, but when somebody else gets to serve in something or somebody else gets to go here or there or do something, don't allow any jealousy to set in and say, well, I should be doing that. Why are they getting to do that? Well, could it be that God's hand's been placed upon them to do it for this hour? And the best thing you can do is pray for them that they do it and do it right. So Kor rebelled against them, and God judged them for their hatred for Moses and Aaron. And the earth opened and swallowed them, and fire went out from God and consumed 250 people that sided with them. Be careful who you side with. If you're going to be on anybody's side, just be on God's side. It's always safe there. And if someone's trying to get you to side, 
There's your sign. You see, the next morning, over 14,700 members of Israel were destroyed by a plague simply because of jealousy in a couple guys. They could have been thankful. They could have had gratitude and said, God, thank you for great leaders. But instead, they were jealous. You see, but you, you, I want to point this out. You would think that those people are never going to love God, that the family, the, the family of Korah, you think that those people would say, my Lord, I just saw what you did. You judged our family. God, you destroyed our, our people. You swallowed up. Here's Korah's boys, the sons of Korah, looking and saying, my goodness, what, what did you do? But instead, Korah's sons served God. And because, and because of that, they became very important in the service of the temple. And they obviously separated themselves from the attitudes of their ancestors because they didn't follow in their footsteps. But instead, they said, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Moses, the leader, and the Aaron, the leader. I'm going to follow in the footsteps of the anointed of God. I'm going to follow in the footsteps of the man of God. I'm going to follow in their footsteps. I'm not going to follow in the footsteps of my ancestors. I'm not going to follow in the footsteps of what, of what they had done and, they, and the jealousy and the hatred. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to serve in the kingdom of God. I, they're, they're basically saying, I, I would rather just serve in the kingdom than, than to, to go against the kingdom. The kingdom's moving forward, so I want to go where the kingdom's going. So because of that, they became very important. Their submission elevated them. Their submission elevated them. And their father's jealous acts against, uh, against Moses, they said, we're not going to follow in those footsteps. We're not going to have the attitude of my ancestors. We're, well, I'm not going to do that. The, but they, they had an attitude. Instead, they had an attitude of gratitude. One of the greatest things you can do in life is have an attitude of gratitude. They were saying, listen, that might be my history. That might be my family, uh, the dysfunction of my past. And I, I know this is probably resonating with some people in here. You say, that might have been my parents. That might have been who I was. That might have been my great-grandparents. That, that's, that, that's what they did. But that does, not, that does not decide for me what I'm going to do. What they did is what they did. But what I'm going to do is have a heart of gratitude instead. I'm going to serve God with the day I've been given. So I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to be a big shot in the world. I would rather bear burdens, heavy burdens, and open doors to allow people into the presence of God and have an appreciation and a thankful heart for God's mercy. I would rather do that than to follow in the footsteps of this and that or jealousy and hatred. I would rather do that. Listen, I know there are some of you in this room that you say, well, my, my parents, they, they, they live this life or that life, and that's what I got to do, or my ancestors... This is what they did, and that's what I got to do. I'm telling you right now, absolutely not, that God is saying this morning that my mercies, my grace, everything is new every morning. It is waiting on you, and because they didn't accept it doesn't mean you don't have to accept it. It's not who you are, but wake up every morning with an attitude of gratitude that you found out who he is. 
David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. He was probably thinking this because this would have been a, a Jewish mindset and to kind of get the background of why would David make this statement that I would, why would he pin these words? I would rather be a doorkeeper. Why, why would you pin that, David? Probably because in the Jewish mindset, there was a custom in Israel. And if a servant had served their master, every 50 years, there would be a jubilee. And, and in that jubilee, they would have the option to tell their master, I've served you for so long, but now it's jubilee and I have the opportunity to leave you. I can be set free. I can go and do my thing. I don't have to stay here and serve you anymore. So every 50 years, this would come. But if they loved their master, they wouldn't want to leave that house where they had been treated so well. If they were treated well, they would want to stay there. They would want to hang out and they would say, there's no, other, why would I want to leave this? Life is good. I've got a good life. I'm not going to go out and start over now. I'm just going to stay right here. So what they would do, and this, this, this is scripture. You can go look it up. It's, it's in scripture. So they, they would do this. They, they, they would go to the doorpost of their master's house and they would drive a spike. They would take their earlobe. You're going to cringe. But this is what they would do. It's in the Bible. They would take their earlobe and they would put a spike through their earlobe into the doorpost of their master's house to tell them that they had no desire to leave them. You say, that sounds like a bit much. I'm thankful God does not require us <laughs> to nail ourselves to the doorpost of the church. But I'm thankful that he does say, you better nail your stuff to a cross. If you really are mine, you're gonna nail your stuff to a cross. You're gonna carry your cross. You're gonna carry it every day. Hear me this morning. I know the world will offer you fame. I know it will offer you fortune. It will offer you success. There's a lot of things it's gonna put in front of you that's gonna dangle in front of you and say, come on, come over here. But here, I hear me. I would rather be fixed to the doorpost of my God and to let him know that God, I have no intentions of leaving you. You are my master and I am your servant. Here, I'm thankful this morning to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I'm thankful that I get up every morning and I am a servant to my master. He is my master and I am his servant. The Bible says, if you do the translations, as, as Paul wrote it, it actually is translated as slave, that I'm a slave to the master, that I, I will do whatever you say, oh God. I am here to work for you. God, my life is done. My life's over. I lay it down at your feet what do you want from me I want to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God because it is it is something I am thankful for and the world might look at you and say oh no 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 what you're living a Christian live a life is nothing but slavery and they call it a life that is a life of bondage but I call it a life of freedom I call it a life of liberty 
Come on, you've been set free. I've been set free from bondage. I didn't take bondage on when I came in here and I got baptized in his name. But when I got baptized in his name, everything that used to keep me bound was set free. And now you stand here today with freedom. You've been set free from the trap of sin. Come on, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God because there's freedom in that. And I'm thankful for it today. I would rather be a doorkeeper fastened to the doorpost of God than living in the pleasures of sin. And I say pleasures because sin is pleasures to the flesh. To the flesh. That's why people have a hard time breaking themselves away from it because a lot of people they literally do take their life and they put it to a doorpost and they drive nails through it and they're stuck there and they don't see a way out until an actual doorkeeper to the presence of God shows up and says listen you nailed yourself to the wrong doorpost but you can be released from it thank God you can have deliverance from it. Psalm says, a day in your courts is better than a thousand days elsewhere. You know, a lot can happen in one day. A lot can happen in one day. One day can change the course of your family. One decision in one day can change the course of your family. I was talking about this, I think it was on Wednesday night. We were talking Wednesday night with the men. I was talking about your circle of influence and how important the circle of influence is in your life. And I said that one individual in that circle of influence that is willing to speak into your life and speak truth into your life can save you from making a decision that would alter your life. You think about that. A lot of people in this room, almost everybody in this room, one decision, if you'd have made one different decision, you might not be here right now. I was telling them at the age of 19, I had an offer that was given to me to make six figures a year with a company truck. And all I had to do was drive around and go site to site and just make sure everyone was doing their job right. It was a friend of mine from years ago when I was a kid in Arizona. And he called and said, listen, if you'll move out here and you'll do this, he said, I, I, your life will change. He said, I'm going to pay you well. And you won't have to, the gas is paid for in your truck. Your truck's paid for. He said, you can just come out here and just live life, man. I, I got this job for you. And I'll tell you, at 19, I'm not going to lie, it was pretty tempting. I was chewing on it a lot. And I thought, man, life, life would be different. 19-year-old making six figures? Man, who would say no to that? Who would say no to that? And I had a, I had a man that was at our church. He was the assistant pastor slash youth pastor. He did both. And he called me. He said, I need, I need to meet you for lunch. I said, okay. He said, meet me at the, the Phoenix Dragon down, I could tell you, right, where was that? Phoenix Dragon down Gender Road. He said, I, I want to take you there. And he said, I, I need to talk to you. It's okay. And I met and met him for lunch and we're sitting there. And he said, listen, you got an offer for something. 
I said, yes, sir, what's your offer? And I told him, and he leaned across that table and pointed his finger in my face. He said, God told me this morning, if you accept this, you are going to throw away everything he has planned for your life. One decision away from altering God's perfect will for my life. I wouldn't be here today preaching in this pulpit. I probably wouldn't have this family that I have that God's blessed me with because I would have been chasing after something else that what the world had to offer. Now listen, $100,000, this sounds good, but I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, it would never replace what God has given me when I said no to it. It'll never replace the will of God for your life. I'm thankful. I'm thankful today to be a doorkeeper. I'm thankful for that. A lot can happen in one day. One day can change that course of your life. That's why Zechariah 4.10 says, For who has despised the day of small things? Small things, little things can alter your life. Little decisions. That's why I encourage you. You say, well, it's just something small, Pastor. It's just a little decision. Have you prayed about it? Have you asked God his thoughts on it? Because, because honestly, if he really is your master, you run everything through the master. Because I understand even just the little things. The small things can change me. The small things, a small thing on a certain day can impact your forever. Second Peter 3 and 8, it says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. <laughs> so you can mess things up in a day, but I want you to understand this morning that God can accomplish a thousand years worth of miracles in one day. We have the ability to mess it up if we don't run it through him. But God says, if you submit to my voice, he said, I can unlock things in one day that you would never achieve in a thousand years here on earth. I don't know about you, but for me personally and for this church, <laughs> I want God to unlock things. I want God to unlock things in this church that we would strive to get on our own, but I want God things to take place in this church. <laughs> Psalms 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So what are we going to do with the day that God made and God gave to us? That's my question this morning. What are you going to do with the day that the Lord has made and has placed in your hands? What are you going to do tomorrow morning when you wake up? Because if you wake up tomorrow morning, God blesses you and honors and, 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 and grants you another day here on earth and you've got breath in your lungs. If you wake up tomorrow morning, God is saying, this is the day that I have made. What are you going to do in it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to be thankful? Are you going to thank me that I actually gave you another day? 
Or are you just going to go on about your business and forget about me? Are you going to go on about your business and be tired by the end of the night and you haven't taken out time to talk to me? I, you, you forgot I was even there. You forgot about my word. You forgot that you were a doorkeeper. You forgot about my presence. What are you going to do with the day I've given you? I think this morning that we all can say, God, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'll be thankful tomorrow morning if you give me another day when I swing my feet around and put them on the floor. I think it'd be great if we all get into a practice to, just to put our feet on the floor. Someone told me this not too long ago that was here. They said every morning they put their feet on the floor and they say, they declare it, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. How powerful would that be? I'm talking about a thanks giving day is not one day where you stuff yourself with turkey and pie but what it is is every morning that God gives me this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and I will be glad in it because this is the day God made for me I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it life's not perfect but I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it I can have greater things but I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because this is a day God has made for me. We have a lot to be thankful for today. I'm thankful for a nation that still has some freedoms. I can worship my God in freedom this morning. I'm thankful for a church that loves God and wants, to, and wants what God has for us. I'm thankful for that. I am, because I know there's some pastors that probably cast a vision and probably get more pushback than anything. I'm thankful that this is a church of faith that says if God said it, then I'm behind it. Let's go. Let's see what God's gonna do. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful this morning for a godly wife. I'm thankful for a wife that longs after the things of God, that's a doorkeeper in his house. I'm thankful for that this morning. I'm thankful for children that have a heart after the things of God. I'm very thankful for that this morning. I'm thankful for a great heritage of this church of 107 years here in Athens. But I'm also thankful for what God has for us today and tomorrow and the next day. I'm thankful for what God has for you. I'm thankful for what God has for your family. And when God blesses you, I'm going to have a heart of gratitude. I'm going to say thank you for blessing them, God. Thank you for blessing them, God. I'll tell you, we got to take that practice on. When your neighbor gets blessed, God, thank you for blessing my neighbor. God, thank you for blessing my neighbor. Because when God blesses them, he's blessing you because you're part of the same body. We're part of the same body. You see, God's been good to me. God's been good. Somebody just shout that. God's been good to me. Woo. Mm. That song, God's been good to me. Remember that one? When I think of what the Lord has done in my life, I know God's been good to me. Nobody else remember that one? No? Am I by myself? Did I write that song? <laughs> Man, maybe I should try to get royalties for this. I don't know what's happening. What a song. I mean, think, think about it. Just, just so simple. I, I, thank you for doing They They pulled out one of the oldies this morning, and I couldn't help but think of, couldn't think of your dad. That was his favorite song. He loved singing that. Just simple. Hallelujah. 
Those old songs, they were written out of life experiences. They were. You think about that. Just, just simple. God's been good to me. And they just say, when I think of what the Lord has done in my life. That's a simple thought. What if we would actually stop and take time to think about what the Lord has done in my life? You would be singing, oh, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. He's been really, really good to me. He's been good. God's been good to me. That's why I stand here today. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than anything else. You see, I'm closing. When David, David's life was full of so many things that could cause him worry. When he would, when he would think about what he's done and the mistakes and the circumstances that he got in. In 2 Samuel, I'm not going to read all of this, but in 2 Samuel, there, there was this time where, where David was trying to bring the ark back to Jerusalem. And, and David took it upon himself to, to figure out how he's going to do this. And, and he said, I'm going to put it on this, this beautiful cart and, and, and I'm just going to ignore how it was originally supposed to be done. And, and because of this, because he does this, that there are, there are thousands of people that are killed because he, he because he steps out of what God's plan was, and he goes ahead and he says, "I'm I'm not just I'm not thankful for how it used to be done. We can do it better." When God speaks to you and says, "This is how it needs to be done," don't think you can one up Him. We're foolish to think that. We're foolish. And we see here that, that the first time where he tries and he messes up, and because of that, there is a great cost that takes place. And the ark of the, of the Lord remained in the house of, of Obed-Edom. And it says the, the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed him, his entire household, because David said he became angry at God's wrath. He became angry at God that because had broken out against Uzzah, that Uzzah tried to touch it and God killed him and and David became angry because of this and he said why why did this happen but David also realized if you remember the story I've talked about so many times David said I've got to make this right I've got to make this right David was always a man of repentance always and I think it's because David would take those moments and sit and think about it. And he said, what have I done? i got to repent because he understood who he really was. It wasn't about being a king. No, no, no. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man who had a relationship with God. And he started to think back on how good God had been to him. He said, i got to make this right. I got to make this right. So 2 Samuel 6, I'll, I'll go quick here. It says in verse 12, Now King David was told, The Lord, was, uh, the Lord has blessed the household uh, hold of uh, Obed-Edom and everything that he has uh, because of the ark of God. So David went to bring the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, David would say, Stop. Six steps. 
Before it was, I just throw it on this cart and we'll just pull it. But instead, David said, I, because how good God has been to me, I am going to submit myself back into what God has said. And we are going to carry this as it's supposed to be carried. But not only are we going to carry it, he said, but instead what I'm going to do, every six steps, we're going to stop and I'm going to make a sacrifice and I'm going to take off my kingly garment. He said, I'm simply just going to dance before you, God. I'm just going to dance before you. Why? Because he had a heart of gratitude. He had a heart of the king at first. A heart of the things of the world had gotten his way and he said, I can do it better. But when he realized who he really was, just a simple doorkeeper in the house of God, he said, take off the kingly garments. He said, this is just an earthly title, but who I am as a doorkeeper, who I am as a worshiper before God. Come on, somebody this morning, you need to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. Why? Because God's been good to me. God's been good to me. I wish somebody would just worship him this morning. I wish somebody would just step out, maybe in the aisle, and just say, God, I got to dance for you, Lord. God, I got to shout for you, God. I got some praise for you this morning, God. God, because this is a day that you have made, I'm going to rejoice, God. Come on, are there any true worshipers in this place this morning? You might have made a mistake. You might have messed up. But God's saying, if you fix it this morning and have a heart of thanks, giving. I'll bless you in your dance. I'll restore things in your dance. I'll restore things in your worship. Come on. I wish everybody, everybody who's able just to step out, come to the altar this morning. And we're just going to have a moment of worship. We're going to have a time of praise. Come on. God, I'm going to magnify you, Lord. God, this is a day. God, a thanksgiving day. I'm going to give thanks today for what you've done. Thanks for saving my family. Thanks for pulling me out of the gutter. Thanks, oh God, for blessing me, Lord. Thank you for giving me a good church. God, thank you, Lord, for giving me breath in my lungs. God, thank you, Lord. Come on. Even in the midst of your failures, I can still be thankful in the midst of my failures. I can still give God praise in the midst of my failures. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Come on. I wonder if we could, for the next 60 seconds, just lift your hands and just begin to thank God. Go down the list of what he's done for you. Begin to thank God. Speak it out. God, thank you for my wife. God, thank you for my children. God, thank you for my blessings, God. Thank you for my job. God, thank you, Lord. God, thank you, Lord, for the roof over my head. God, I thank you, God. Come on, we need to realign our thinking and realize how thankful we should be of who he is and what he's done for us. Oh, God, I'm thankful, Lord. I'm thankful. Yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. God, I'm thankful, Lord. God, thank you for my church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. God, thank you for a city, God, that you've placed us in, God. 
thank you for our heritage, Lord. God, thank you, Lord. God, thank you for anointing, God. God, thank you, Lord, for provision, God. Thank you, oh God, for health. God, thank you for the breath of my lungs. God, I thank you, oh Lord. I thank you, Jesus. God, thank you. Come on, a heart of thanksgiving. Let there be a heart of thanksgiving this morning. Just a heart of thanksgiving. God, you've been so good. You've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. We've given thanksgiving to him. We're thankful for him. But I wonder this morning, if there's anybody in this room that says, Pastor, you know what? I've kind of failed in my doorkeeping. There's been a lot of people that I could let have a glimpse into who I truly am and who he is in my life, but I failed because I've been distracted by the things of this world. I've been distracted by my own emotions, my own thoughts, and I've lost track of the doorpost. I don't even know where it's at right now in my life. I wonder if there's anybody this morning that would be honest to say, but I want to renew this morning my position as a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I wonder if there's anybody this morning, if you would be honest enough to take a step towards the altar and say, I need a renewal this morning. Anybody be honest enough to say, I need a renewal this morning? I want to renew my position as a doorkeeper. Thank you, Brother Thompson. Thank you. Thank you for being honest, not just with me or everybody else, but honest with God. God, renewing me. Renewing me, God. Renewing me, oh Lord. God, a doorkeeper mindset, a doorkeeper's heart, Lord. Renewing me, God. Renewing me. As David said, God, forgive me. I have failed, Lord. I have failed. But God is saying, it's all right. As long as you remember who you are, as long as you remember who I am, I'll restore unto you that which has been taken. Come on, worship me. Come on. Come on, somebody pray for those who are up here. Come on, somebody, someone come pray for those who are up here. Somebody that stepped out, come pray with them this morning. Come on, as they sing, as they begin to sing. Hallelujah.